Hey, it's Party Time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. We're in the Mothership Studio 22. The Puppet Master Crit, uh, Puppet Master Mark. I can't. I, I hate when I confuse you two. The Puppet Master Mark and Super Chris Cruz driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. Ooh, let's get deep into it right off the bat. Welcome, my friend Chris Tramoya. Chris, you, my friend, are doing God's work. Um, huh. <laughs> Chris. Um, wrote a story he recently for the Washington Examiner uh, talking about how teachers are recruiting students. We, You know how we're talking about this stuff. They're getting them in these LGBTQ clubs. I mean, they're doing it as young as elementary school. It's hard to believe this is going on. What have you found? What's going on? What the hell is happening in our country? Yeah, it's uh, thanks for having me on to talk about this chat. I appreciate it. Um, it it's, it's, it's kind of sickening and disturbing uh, what's going on when you hear the truth of it. Uh, basically, for whatever reason, teachers and educators and teachers unions have decided to take action upon themselves to basically indoctrinate and brainwash students with you know LGBTQ plus whatever the acronym is, uh, transgender propaganda into starting as young as elementary school um, this packet that in the story that I wrote, it comes from the California Teachers Association, and it was handed out to teachers to be distributed to, you know, st- uh, school, sorry, handed out to teachers throughout schools in California. And it basically acts as an action plan and a guide to have teachers go around and recruit students to form student led LGBTQ clubs. Um, and, and some of the stuff that I'm sure we'll discuss later that's in, involved in this package is sickening and has no place in the school, um, especially elementary schools. And I would even mm-hmm. argue that it's something that should never be argued, that any teacher should be discussing with students. So, I mean, when I was in school, nobody tried to recruit me to start a straight sex uh, yeah. club. I mean, they, they, you know, so what? what is the deal? I mean, surely this is America, Chris. I mean, this isn't happening here. I mean, none of this stuff. I mean, people people come. They, I get all the blowback. People say it's not happening in our schools. What's going on? Sadly, it is happening. Um, so one of the things that the, the packet that I wrote in my article dealt with um, these teachers in California forming um, LGBTQ clubs. One of the things that um, pretty much, how can I put this? So one of the things, though, it, it was a packet that gave um, ideas to identify identify students who could lead the club. And remember, mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a student-led club. It, it, there was a section of the packet that asked um, how much money teachers were willing to provide for this club. Again, asking two to your teachers to provide money for student-led clubs. And... And it asked, um, also included a section of this packet where teachers who were forming these clubs could list the names of people who would be against these clubs and opponents and any barriers. Yeah. Uh, that's just one section that's kind of a little alarming. Another section uh, are the suggested activities that these clubs are supposed to be doing with students. One of them is in asking children their Kinsey scale rating. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Kinsey scale. I was not until I came up with uh, across this packet. And it's basically a scale named after a uh, famous, infamous, notorious sex researcher, sex researcher Alfred Kinsey mm-hmm. from the 40s. It acts as a test um, to basically how gay you are. So you have these suggested activities for students as young as elementary schools all the way through high school 
And one of these activities is that uh, teachers are asked, conducting these Kinsey scale ratings, which basically is asking students, you know, how homosexual they are. The Kinsey wow. scale is, 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 is something that's, it, it's, you know, it's a scale, obviously. And there's a rating. And the premise of it is that n- not every human being is not fully heterosexual or homosexual. There are different degrees and varying de- degrees of how homosexual um, people are. So you're either like, you know, pretty you know, close to being heterosexual, never have any like homosexual thoughts or desires, or you're straight out 100% completely homosexual. So the premise here is that we're all, <laughs> it's like kind of sick, like we're all a little bit homosexual, mm. um, just to like varying degrees. So that was probably the most alarming thing when I came across that, because one, like, like you said, when you were in school, I never, you know, was recruited for any like clubs dealing with sexual orientation or sexuality or anything. Um, it, it basically, you know, these things that are occurring in schools pretty much are, are going against what schools are meant for, which is basically educating, you know, our children, developing them, developing them for their, you know, abilities to work in a society in the future and teaching them the basics of like reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, history and so on and so forth. Not any of this like brainwashing indoctrination that's going on. You guys need to be following Chris on Twitter uh, at CW Tremo, T-R-E-M-O, C-W-T-R-E-M-O. I think I got that right. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, nobody ever gave me a test to see how straight I was. Um, yeah. You know, I was, that's the flip side to such a weird freaking thing that's going on. Well, and that's the thing. You don't ever hear, you know, teachers organizing, you know, heterosexual clubs right. or straight. Or there's no like conferences for heterosexuality. Um, I was joking with someone the other day that if I was back in high school and this was going on, or ele- probably high school, I can't say I would do this in elementary school, middle school. I mean, I was pretty much worried about sports and the Philadelphia Eagles. Then I didn't care about it much of anything else. So, but when I was in high school, um, I, I was joking around that you know people should be starting clubs, you know, that go, run counter to this and that have the you know heterosexuality and heterosexual stuff. And I came up with the perfect acronym. It was straight. You know, students trying to reinforce adherence and general heterosexual tradition. Mm. And, you know, what, you know, if, if something like that was being formed, obviously there would be outrage all over the place. It would be, you know, the, I don't even know what the, 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 they would blame, you know, cisgendered, I think is the appropriate acronym or you yeah. know, name. So it was just, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that, that's very harmful, that is harming our you know, future generations under the guise of promoting equality. To now, it's basically full-fledged left-wing radical um, indoctrination. That's just kind of you know. Um, that's it. Sick. Yeah, it's indoctrination. Uh, oh, totally. And, and then you get now. Now, one of Chris's claims to fame is you broke the story on Leah Thomas, the pen swimmer, uh, the trans swimmer. You've done numerous significant interviews. Um, we're seeing this played out in a larger scale in the mainstream of culture. I mean, you know, a man, biological man, identifies as a woman, goes out, wins the national championship, women swimming. Where are we headed as a society with this? Well, that's another concerning aspect of all this. Um, and I, I think because it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, this essentially evolved to pursuing equality. I mean, I think that most rational human beings – can make the claim that no one wants to see anyone being harassed, beaten up, assaulted, anything like that, because they identify as a particular gender ideology. I think you know no one would say that's right. But that has gone from that 
cause to now it's basically fighting for equality to now they want special priority. Right. And that's kind of what you're seeing with the whole Leah Thomas story. A fun fact, I, I don't think you probably know this, is I was an older student, an adult, and I went to Penn, um, started at community college, later went to University of Pennsylvania, and I was actually in class with Leah Thomas, who was then William Thomas. Mm. Uh, sat right next to him. I had no issue, had no like um, knowledge that this was on the horizon or that this was anything that he was, you know, trying to transition or of the LGBT community. I mean, obviously, that's probably not something most people talk about in class conversations anyway but um, when i found out that this was going on later it was just kind of like holy cow like i was in class with this guy and um i you know also knew some of the uh female swim swim uh teammate team members who were going through all this so when i reached out to them they kind of uh gave a whole new perspective and a conversation that was not being told throughout the, the the country and that's what i was able to write the story um the most famous one that i had off of was when Leah Thomas allegedly compared himself to Jackie Robinson, right? Uh, which in and of itself is a ridiculous comparison as well. But that's the depths to which the these radicals um, are willing to go to try to like advance their agenda. That's a, a ridiculous comparison. I mean, it, it's facetious to the mind. It's insulting to the mind. I mean, you know, Jackie Robinson broke a color barrier, competed with other men who were equal to him in terms of athleticism um mm-hmm. and you know this, this i mean this is just a ridiculous analogy that that leah thomas attempts to bring out to justify this no and I, I, I agree 100 percent. and it, and i i think the reason why it was done is it purely for propaganda and indoctrination purposes and i hate to kind of keep on repeating that but it's the truth. I mean, if you can kind of align yourself with an icon or a civil rights legend right. and try to make the false comparison that what Jackie Robinson went through or what African-Americans went through in their pursuit of civil rights and equality as the same thing to a man wanting to compete in a sport with women after competing as a man for three years because he feels inside that he's a woman Mm-hmm. There's no comparison. It's intellectually disingenuous to even assert that or use their names in the same sentences. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it, it's just it's just indicative of the cl- political climate and the cultural war that we have going on now. Um, that the you know it's basically trying to push you know transgenderism and um, starting from kids as young as elementary school to yeah. basically brainwash society into thinking that this stuff is normal and it's not. It's not. Chris, keep up the good work, buddy. Um, and uh, I want to have you back on. Let's let's keep let's keep up with this stuff and, and keep dialoguing, keep talking because we need to bring awareness to this as much as we possibly can. You and I got connected because uh, somebody shared my "I want to be a woman and compete" song. Yes, and so exactly. I'm glad I'm glad they shared it with you. I'm glad we were able to connect, man. Uh, Absolutely. But let's keep up Appreciate the fight. Stay safe out there, brother, and uh, take care of yourself. Absolutely. You as well. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks, Chris. Hey, guys, Mother's Day is just two weeks away. Everybody uh, and our dear friends at Genucell, um get the perfect gift for you, the special women in your lives. Uh, come on, everybody. You, you need to take care of mom, all right? Right now, save up to 50% on all Genucell products across the Genucell.com brand, including their brand new Ultra Retinol Cream. And during the limited time Mother's Day sale, every order includes Genucell's immediate effects for results in as little as 12 hours. 
absolutely free. You're going to get it for free. Genucell Ultra Retinol, powered by Genucell's proprietary MDL technology that combines the anti-aging effects of the meadow foam flower with the moisturizing effects of hyaluronic acid. Genucell promises you're going to look 5, 10, even 15 years younger. Guaranteed or your money back. Make this Mother's Day one that she's going to remember with this one-of-a-kind gift of beauty. Make her younger. That's right. Go go to genucell.com slash watchchad for up to 50% off this world-class skincare. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash watchchad. All orders automatically upgraded to a free two-day shipping with concierge white glove service. Genucell.com slash watchchad. That's genucell.com slash watchchad. We'll be right back. everybody welcome back a uh, little piece of history you know we love to dig deep into the history as much as we can uh and you know the situation is a reality that if you don't understand history you don't learn from it you are doomed to repeat it we know the old adage and it's certainly true i want to welcome uh to the program david DeYoung. uh he's got an incredible new book that's coming out uh nazi billionaires david welcome to the program good to see you where are you man you in new york good to see you i am yeah at the moment i am Thanks it, for having me, Chad. You're all over the globe, man. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, Dutchman. You know the Flying Dutchman. You know. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Nazi billionaires. What inspired you to write this book? What I found was that you know, particularly BM, the families behind BMW and Porsche were were you know kind of whitewashing their names through through global philanthropy in names of their of their patriarchs or their fathers or grandfathers who, you know, committed war crimes um, and, or were members of DSS. And, you know, now you have, now they're being celebrated for their business success, but not being transparent about their war crimes. And I think you should be both. How, how, that's how you learn, because that's how you learn from history. That's how you learn from history. And there, there's so many things that we just kind of brush under the rug, or we just don't know about it altogether. Like you used to talk about the, the name Porsche, right? You, you don't understand right. the history that's there. You don't know where that came from. Um, at, at the end of World War II, how, how many of these people just kind of disappeared into the dustbin of history without ever being held accountable uh, because of who they were? Oh, thousands, hundreds, I mean, thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, I mean, that's, that's a massive figure. Yeah. You know, what happened was that, you know, as the Cold War started and, and the, the, you know, particularly the U.S.'s view moved to, to Russia, to containing the Soviet Union, um, you know, all was forgiven with regards to to Nazi Germany and um and they moved on, you know. I mean you had you had the Nuremberg trials which 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 put some of the folks on um on the stand, but um but mainly, you know, most suspects of, of Nazi war crimes were handed over to um to to back to Germany and they were I mean you hear Putin now talk about denazification, you know, with regards to, to Ukraine. And it's actually Denazification was a was a flawed legal process that saw you know millions of, of Germans get off for uh, you know get off scot free for their war crimes and 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 Nazi sympathies. Um, yeah, that happened after after the handover. How did how did uh, 
you, you know, you, you you read a book like and you and I was reading through the the pre copy that that we received from you. And there's right. so much information that's there. I mean, yeah. there's so many names. It's so it's it's yeah. it's a it's a um, hearty tome, if you will. I mean, it is quite a yeah, lot of true. information. In that how did how did these men amass so much of wealth? Well, first of all, I mean, one of the one of the myths I try to dispel in the book is that you know a lot of people say about these families, you know, who today still control BMW or used to control Daimler Benz or or, or control BMW, uh, Volkswagen and Porsche and Lamborghini and Bentley and Mini and Rolls Royce. I mean, you could you could name it. You know, there's so many brand names. One of the myths I'm really trying to dispel is is a lot of people say, oh, these folks made their money in in the Nazi in the Nazi era, no, I mean these were already incredibly wealthy families, with the exception of the Porsche family, the Porsche Pierre family, who really made their wealth in, in the Nazi era, or whose wealth started in the Nazi era with the creation of, of Porsche and with the design of the Volkswagen. Um, all these other all these other families I write about, they were already very rich when when Hitler seized power in 1933. And how many of them were Jewish businessmen? Um, of the families I'm writing about, it's actually none. Mm. They were all they were all Christian or Protestant or Catholic. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I was just wondering. I asked that question because I was just wondering. You know, how many? You know, obviously the uh, with the Jewish genocide and the Holocaust, so many lives right. were changed. How much of, of that just kind of changed the map of business in Germany? With with the advent of Hitler taking power and and just was there a huge transfer of wealth or in power? I mean, How did that work on 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 a European scale? Yes, but actually, one of the things that's often another 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 myth that that's often you know perpetuated. There were actually comparatively few. I mean, you had about a hundred thousand to. Yeah, I think about a hundred thousand Jews in living in Nazi Germany at the time that Hitler seized power, living in Germany at the time Hitler seized mm-hmm. power, um, which is relative to population, it was zero point one percent of the population, so it's very small. What's the now, big... you know? I mean, most, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, you know, the most of the uh, of, of of the Jews who were murdered in the Holocaust, they were living in 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 in, in the east in Eastern Europe. Right, it was like the millions that were living in Poland and and and, and Ukraine and, and and Soviet Union territory. So, what's what's the big takeaway here? I mean, is it is it just the lack of justice? It is, is it the um, you know the people who escaped got away, or is it the names that we take for granted now? We toss them around easily, uh, somewhat frivolously, without any sense of accountability for what these families yeah. did in in history. It's a lack of transparency. I think, you know, as I said earlier, I think you learn from history by being transparent about it. I also don't think renaming is the solution. I think renaming is a, is a political correct form of whitewashing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one learns from history by being transparent about the good and the bad. Yeah. And that's what that's what BMW's foundation, the Herbert Quant Foundation and, and the Ferry Porsche Foundation should do about their exalted saviors or founders. They should say. They should say. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, Herbert Quant uh, saved BMW from bankruptcy in 1959. 
but he also um, you know help build um, help build and construct uh, or plan build and, and, and construct a sub concentration camp in Nazi occupied Poland in late 1944 early 1945 he helped acquire companies stolen from from Jewish from Jews in France he built uh, you know he oversaw factories in Berlin with uh, you know thousands of forced and slave laborers including 500 female slave laborers uh, from from concentration camps you know, he used it at his private estate. He used prisoners of war. I mean, they should show it. They should show that too. Uh, you know, and if they don't want to do that, if they don't want to be transparent about the history, then they should rename it. But first, the solution is be transparent about history. That's how you learn from it. Yeah, and there's so many of those companies out there. IBM, for instance. Uh, you yeah. Know, so many of these companies that we we you know again they're they're common names, they're household names. We don't understand their history, their involvement with the Nazi Party. Uh, with with all of these things that were war crimes and and so uh, how how close are we to truly just forgetting that piece of history you know now these many years later these generations these decades later how how hard do we need to hold on to this I don't know if holding on is the is is the right word I think I think yeah I think remembering is yeah. very important. I think remembering is extremely important. You do that by 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 being again being transparent about history. Sorry to sound like a broken record here, sure. but holding on to it. I mean, it's it's history, so you should yeah you should take it into account. Yeah, and I ask that question simply because so much of the revisionist uh, history that's happening and the retelling and the in the whitewashing to use a term as you as you mentioned earlier, just so many of those things, whether it's renaming. We've, we've got to remember this. And that's what I'm saying when we, we got to hold on to this. And so I appreciate the right. book and I'm, and I'm thankful for, for this work. And uh, I highly recommend everybody, if, you, if you're a fan of history, and I know so much of our audience is, uh, get this book, Nazi Billionaires, David DeYoung. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you, Chad. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. Take care. Safe nice travels. You, you yeah, bet. Thank, thank you, sir. Hey, friends, we're facing a triple barrel threat, war, inflation, and food shortages. They're all tied together. This isn't looking good for the future. You know it. I know it. That's why you really need to have a long-term food storage plan on hand. Uh, you need to have the food on hand. I want you to do that by going to preparewithchad.com and stock up on emergency food from My Patriot Supply. They're going to provide you with that food security for when everything else fails. You'll have it. Right now, you could save $150 on their three-month emergency food kit that gives you breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks for three months. That's per person. It's delicious food. It's not bunker food. Uh, you can go to preparewithchad.com, claim your $150 savings uh per kit and your order is going to ship quickly it's going to arrive in unmarked boxes so that's discreet uh go to preparewithchad.com save 150 dollars on each three-month emergency food kit you order with the world falling apart folks uh food shortages are next don't be a victim preparewithchad.com we'll be right back All right, welcome back, everybody. I don't know if you know it or not yet, but 80 years, that's a long time. Entire empires can rise and fall in that amount of time. Children are born, raised, go out into the world, come back in and die in that space of time. Time marches on, time is a thief. Mostly that time is unremarked and makes kings and dead men of us in turn. But every once in a while, 
caught up in the passage of time, like a leaf twisting on errant strands of the wind, there will be something that stands out across that span of time, something that almost defines it, encapsulates it within the narrative. I want you to take a voyage with me to a place in the Netherlands over a century ago. The year was 1910. A Jewish man named Alfred Overstrid has just finished making a watch for his brother Louis, who had just turned 18. It's a beautiful moment, a testament to a time in history when at least some of us knew how to make things instead of just buying them. Now, what neither Alfred nor Louis know is that in 30 years, they'll both be in a German death camp known to the world as Auschwitz, and Alfred will be murdered. Louis's watch, taken by the Nazis, will end up in a field in Belgium where it will eventually be found by a Belgian farmer, and that farmer will decide to hide it from the Nazis in a clock in his house. And I'm telling this to you in a matter of minutes, but I want you to feel the elongated passage of time. People are going to war. People are living. People are dying. Time is marching on, and the world is both changing and staying the same as it always does. Fast forward to today. The major players in this tragedy, well, they're all gone now, but their story lives on through the people they left behind to pick up the load and keep going down the line. Not too long ago, the house with the clock that contained the watch was sold and the watch was found. And today, it's back where it belongs in the hands of Alfred's grandson, Richard. So what's the point of the story I just told you? How am I, how am I going to approach it in a way where we can take something away about how the left is destroying America? Simply put, I'm not. And if there's a point, it's just this. The power of the human spirit transcends time and space. It can shine through the darkest moments in human evil and tragedy. It persists beyond the mundane slow drip of minutes that become hours, that become days. Shows up on the other side as fresh as the day you left it behind for other pursuits. It can come in the lowly form of a shared possession brought home at last. Or it can come to the world in the form of a God who is man and who sacrifices the most precious thing to ever exist to save the human experience itself. Here's what the Nazis never understood. The more they did to crush the human spirit, the more they strengthened it. There's a vibrancy to people from whom they stole life and liberty that shines all the clearer for it today. So you want a message? How about this? Ask yourself today, as you go about your daily life, what is it that you're doing right now that's going to matter to someone in 80 years? What is it? The answer may just surprise you. I love stories like that. Um, you know, I was, I was, um, I think I said it last week, you know, I was, I was looking at pictures of my children, you know, they're, they're grown up now. I, I talked to my son and he, he's got a deeper voice than me. That's creepy. That's creepy. Um, the, uh, and time just marches on, man. You know, your kids get older, you, you look at your parents and you have memories and, and, and you get to a certain age where you start losing friends, they die. Um, you, have, you have arthritis, Chris, <laughs> um, in lots of places. Uh, you, you take pills for things, you know, like blood pressure and, you know, cholesterol and, and all this kind of stuff. That, and, and you look in the mirror and you don't really see yourself aging. You know, you don't, you don't notice the wrinkles. But then, you, you know, the other day we did... Um, Sarah Gonzalez, The News and Why It Matters, we did her 1,000th episode, and they were just showing clips from three, four years ago. And I was like, damn, look at that baby face, <laughs> right? A lot of stress, a lot of stuff's gone on in life in those few years, and uh, you see yourself, and you're like, wow, time is a bitch. It really is. But folks, 
you've heard me often say that if you really want to make a difference in this world, you need to know four concepts. And that is you need to know your history. You need to know your identity. You need to know your destiny. And that helps you. Those three things together help you leave a legacy. What are you leaving? What are you doing that's significant? You know, I hope, I hope that, you know, by calling out what I believe are the sins of culture and the evils of this world, that we are leaving a legacy. Um, I'm thankful to be a part of the Blaze Network that they, you know, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like that guy that they put down in the basement in that movie Office Space, you know, and they, he just wanted his stapler. He didn't get a paycheck for years, but he, he thought he still worked there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of that kid in the closet, <laughs> you know, and it, it, like I, I think sometimes that maybe they've forgotten I've even, I'm even here. They just let me come in here and run my mouth. But I'm a, I say that facetiously and, and tongue in cheek, of course, but uh, this gracious family here at Blaze, uh, being a bastion for free speech and entertainment and enlightenment and just free thought and being able to put your ideas and opinions out there. It's a great legacy that I believe that's, that's being left. Um, it's why I so wholeheartedly encourage people to, to as well be a part of the Blaze family as well uh, and support this free speech platform and support uh, this uh, independent broadcasting. Because um, you know what? You never know when, like, the Nazis come in and, you know, suddenly the Alfreds and the Louis of the world are gone. What did they leave behind? Well, something as simple as a watch, Right. But what a story, what a narrative that tells of the resiliency of the human spirit of something that you left behind, whether, whether it was, and you left it behind for generations. You know, the Bible talks about that uh, a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You know, I want to be living four generations in advance, right? I, I want to make sure that, that, that my children's grandchildren. You, know, you ever think about that, guys, Mark, Chris? You ever, you ever think about that? Like most people don't even know the names of their great-grandparents or their great-great-grandparents. You don't know their names. By and large, people don't know them. They, they have no clue. So just in four generations, your own progeny has, has forgotten you, right? Uh, that, is, that is the evil of time, but there's got to be more than that, right? There's got to be more, something significant to life beyond just this 80 years we live and then, and then we're gone. Uh, more than just this legacy. And, I, and again, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we got to be living for that. We really do. Um, you know, don't just live for this life. Don't just live, you got to be living for the next life too. And I truly believe that with all my heart. We, there, there's more going on in this world than we can understand or even see or comprehend and explain. There's a whole lot more that I believe that happened on a spiritual level. Um, and you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? We spend our life trying to make more money. We're miserable. Uh, you know, I, I want you to be subscribed to Blaze. For, for one thing, I want you to be watching our overtime segments because I'm trying to help you understand um, just how to live out an eternal life. Because eternal life's not a length of life. It's, an, it's a quality of life. It starts right now. And I want you to live beyond yourself. So I've been putting out this, uh, the information that I think is, is relatively life-changing. If you'll embrace it, it, it took me 49 years to grasp a lot of this, listening to mentors, reading a lot. Um, but, you know, we spend our life working for money. And we're miserable, right? We don't want to get up and go to work on Monday. But why do we do it? Because we got to go make the money. 
So we're willing to give ourselves a really crappy life to accomplish something that we're going to spend anyway. And we don't do a good job because we don't believe in what we're doing. We're not passionate about it. Find the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning and go do that. I believe the money is going to follow. But this life, man, invest it so that you know that it's going to live for generations. And that's the power of, of this human existence. It really is. Um, you know, we, we've got David DeYoung on here. He's writing a book about, you know, the Nazi billionaires from 80 years ago. And these were real people that influenced the world. And now they're kind of in the dustbin of history. And we still know their names, right? We know IBM. We know Porsche. We know Lamborghini. We, we know those names, you know. Um, and we don't know the story, though. We don't know the story. We don't know the evils. We don't know the atrocities. We don't know them. Therefore, we can't learn from them. So I want you to, I want you to realize that there's people out here who are doing the work, quite honestly, to tell the story unrevised of history. They're exposing the stories you need to know. You know, we got Chris Tremalia on here talking about the evils that are happening right under our noses, like in our own school districts right here in, in small town America. These guys are doing the work. They're doing, they're doing a, their life's passion to bring this stuff to you. I want you to utilize it. I really do. Um, you know, if, if, if our small speck of existence is... Um, is just that, you know, just that opportunity to make an investment in the next generation, then I believe it was completely worth it. Completely worth it. I still can't figure out, Chris, on a side note, though, after talking to Chris in that first segment, I still can't figure out, how does somebody like Leah Thomas, <laughs> who is obviously going through this major transition from becoming a, you know, becoming a woman, how do they, how do they, because it takes a lot to mentally compete and win a national championship, you know? How do you do all that stuff? There's something nefarious going on there. I, yeah, something nefarious. Because the average person competing on an equal playing field ain't going to happen. They're not going to compete at that level while they're going through all that stuff mentally. Because it's one thing to be a physical athlete. Anyway, just a side thought on that. Side thought. Anyway, hey, in these politically charged times, conservatives need to vote with their money, with their dollars. You know that stuff we were just talking about? Parallel economy stuff, folks. You like coffee, right? I love coffee. I got to know these guys. I've fallen in love with them. I think they're great dudes. They send me messages all the time. And better yet, they send me coffee. All right? Minutemen Coffee. They are the coffee for American patriots. Constitutionally based. Family-owned company. Steadfast in their beliefs. Uh, the same stuff that all you freedom-loving Americans deserve. They, they have products from, uh, from you know, you want, com- you want companies that share your beliefs, right? Yeah, these guys over at Minutemen, they don't, they don't operate with a fear of cancellation or retaliation from the woke mob. They just don't care. They're making a good product. Minutemen Coffee believes in your constitutional rights. and They do it so much that they actually put a copy of the Constitution in every order they send to you. So uh, you can actually, you know what, keep ordering it. You'll have constitutions. You can give away to people and teach and educate the next generation of uh, constitutional patriots. That's something worth leaving behind. Hey, this amazing coffee, this small batch handcrafted from family farms across the globe, roasted to perfection, delivered fresh to you. I've tasted a lot of coffee, but buddy, yesterday when I went to my mailbox and there was a new box of Minutemen coffee in there, I was like, let's go make some coffee in the afternoon. And I did it. Uh, I'm sure you're going to love it as much as I do. With Minutemen uh, coffee, you're going to get a full pound of coffee for less than most companies charge for only just a cup full. So go to MinutemenCoffee.com. Use code CHAD. I spell it Chad at checkout. They'll give you 15% off your first order. Um, 
almost choked on myself. Not only will you know you're spending your hard-earned dollars with a patriotic company, but you're going to love their coffee. So join this coffee revolution and uh, wake up without going woke at MinutemenCoffee.com. Use code CHAD. Be right back. If you missed the uh, episode yesterday with Brett Cooper, go back and watch that. That's a smart young lady. I, I feel old when I get around these kids. They're kids to me, Chris. I don't care. They're, they're kids to me. I get, I get around all these folks, and they're so smart, so much smarter than me. And I'm just impressed with them. But uh, go back and watch that episode. Very good stuff. Um, one of the things I wanted to get into, we just didn't have enough time to do it yesterday. Uh, I want to see that clip, the Joy Reid clip. Do we still have that? Will you play that for me, please? But yeah. the message here is far more nefarious. It's about the so-called decline in masculinity and the rise of the left. And it's a message that resonates deeply with Tuckum's Gen X to elderly white male evangelical audience. The formerly bow-tied Dancing with the Stars contestants' hypermasculinity flex is some pretty blatant fascist posturing. The decline of real men is code for conservative white men who need laser beams to make white babies. And if that all falls apart, that spooky old great replacement theory is bound to succeed. What's scarier is what the rhetoric translates into. From book banning to abortion bans and laws that regulate procreation in women's bodies. And what is now an obsession with the false notion that scary liberal saboteurs are going to turn your kids, meaning your sons, trans. That fascist posturing has led to fascist tendencies on the American right that worship tough guy, well, fake tough guy, Trump, who even as a ghostly presence can still reign as a party boss as he recreates New York's Tammany Hall at Mar-a-Lago. I genuinely dislike that woman. Um... Okay, let's unpack a couple of things right there. All right. So, again, it comes ultimately down. You heard what she said. It ultimately, it always revolves around a, a woman's right to abort a baby. Ultimately, that's it. Like, if we're conservatives, we believe in protecting the unborn, then <laughs> uh, we're evil. We're fascist, right? And, and we've got a fake sense of masculinity. How dare we stand up and say what a woman could do? How dare we talk about women? You know, we, we, we're not reproducing babies. We shouldn't be able to tell a woman what to do. And then they always have to throw Trump in there, right? They got to throw Trump in there as a fake masculine person. Well, I'm not defending Trump or doing any of that stuff with this. I'm just saying, why even bring him up? Why, why bring him up? If he's so, if he's so insignificant, why bring him up? Because, he's, because he is exactly what you think. He, he is a man that intimidates you. He's a man that scares you. Um, he's a man that really doesn't give a shit about your woke mob mentality. You can't cancel him, and that drives you up the wall. You can't cancel Tucker Carlson. That drives you up the wall. You can't cancel me. That drives you up the wall. And I'm nobody in comparison. But it drives you up the wall because at the end of the day, we exist and you don't like it. You don't want us to exist. You want us to go crawl in a hole somewhere. But I'm sorry. You see, <laughs> the way it works is we're not worried. I like I don't send my kids, my kids. I don't worry about my kids going off into the world and the left turning them trans. All right. 
contrary to what Joy Reid wants you to believe, we think. That, that is not my worry at all. The issue that I have is that you, Joy, are barking about something. You would like to eradicate a whole group of people. You would. Be honest about it. You would love for that crazy straight white man to, to go to hell in a handbasket and you never have to deal with them again. They just wipe them out of human history, out of existence, just get them off the globe. See, that mentality right there encapsulates the problem that we've seen throughout history, whether we're talking about Nazi Germany, whether we're talking about Auschwitz, whether we're talking about Nazi billionaires, whether we're talking about whoever it is that's in power and in control. That mindset right there You've decided, Joy Reid, to propagate an ideology that says this category of human being is evil. And you want them done away with. Now, I'm not going to apologize for being white. I'm not going to apologize for being a conservative. I'm not going to apologize for being straight. In fact, I'm reasonably thankful that I am, you know. Got four, four incredible biological kids. Guess what? I couldn't do that with another dude. <laughs> Thankfully, I had sex with a woman at least four times. Uh, it was more, by the way, if you're keeping a tally there. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to apologize for those things, Joy. And I'm not going to apologize for calling you ignorant and calling your mindset stupid. And you're absolutely... Um, barbaric in your philosophy. Otherwise, why, why, why would you engage in this type of rhetoric, right? Who cares if Tucker Carlson wore, wears a bow tie and was on Dancing with the Stars? Is that an insult of some kind? You know, I love it when the left, you know, they want to talk about, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be trans. It's kind of, but you know the biggest insult, and this is one of the reasons I love to continue wearing this cowboy hat. Because everybody wants to come at me and say, oh, look at the broke back mountain. <laughs> well, is that supposed to be an insult? I thought, I thought it was okay to be gay, right? You, you've, been, you've been trying to gay up Florida. You're fighting for it with the don't say gay bill. And, I mean, I'm not threatened by that. You know why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am. And the people like Joy Reid aren't going to intimidate me. And they're not going to intimidate real men, as she calls it, the fake masculinity. You may just find out as we move into the tomb of time and history reveals itself in the days ahead that you better be real f***ing glad that men like us exist. Because let me tell you something. When the shit goes down, Joy Reid, you'll be the first one running to hide. And that's a fact, sister. Take it to the bank. We'll be right back. Hey, uh, Yahoo Finance has a story out. It says uh, America's mask manufacturers, they're taking it on the chin. <laughs> they, they, uh, they produce it. I mean, they, they, were, they were feasting on all of this success, this mask sales, right? Yeah, well, not anymore. Um, don't bring that shit back either. Don't bring it back. No more masks. No, 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 no. Enjoy unfettered fresh oxygen. Yes. 
Watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. Do a little shopping, go to a show, have a good time. Sign up for Blaze. Don't miss overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Save $10 off an annual subscription. And you can also do some shopping at Chad on Blaze.com. Kamala sucks. Hey, we're going to be back with you tomorrow night getting jiggy with it, whatever that means. We'll see you then. Love you. God bless you. Bye.